0: Good afternoon, fellow Gunners, and welcome to another episode of Karen Talk. I'm your host, Mona and my
1: host's usual, Aidan. How's it, guys? Hope everybody's doing well. Um, you know, lots to discuss. Plenty of games has gone by. Um, we'll just touch on the result. Arsenal beat Mulder along the way before playing Wolves 3-0 with Pepe, Nelson and Bellingham getting his first goal senior goal for the club. But I'm sure, you know, most of our attention is actually focused on the Wolves game coming up because... Points were dropped by rivals and we knew this could be an opportunity to get back into the running for top four.
0: Yeah, Arsenal again, you know, that I was dreading, you know, facing Wolves because the last league win was the 1st of November versus Man United. And I mean, we haven't didn't have a home win since October the 4th against Sheffield United. So, you know, tough task again. hand.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I thought we would have been up for it. I mean, we've been given the opportunity, you know, Time and time again, you know, I always tell you personally, this is a big chance, you know, we can do this, this is an opportunity, you know, the team just slipped up there and there about us and, you know, it just seemed, you know, from the first kickoff, the Arsenal seemed once again, you know, almost at Aston Villa, like not as bad against Aston Villa, but almost like they were, they, this nine o'clock kickoff seems to be... Oh, 9 o'clock essay time. Kickoff seems to be really stru um Arsenal seems to really struggle to playing this time. Are they tired or are they go to bed.
0: Yeah, I mean um Arteta's stuck with a back four in a four, two, three, one formation. Um as you said, very slow start again, which is you know, it's actually becoming tedious to talk about when you you don't see any sort of change, you know, where they, they you know literally come flying out of the traps and I mean that's something you have been really asking for, but a big moment in the fifth minute, uh clash of heads between David Louise and Jimenez. I mean, Luiz is attacking the ball, and I think Jimenez barely knew what he did by the time, you know, he wanted to just get a, a clear clearing edit. And I mean, after a 13-minute delay, Jimenez then gets rushed to the hospital. And I mean, from us here at Cannon Talk and I'm sure most gooners, we was a wish him a speedy recovery because, I mean, it was a terrible uh, accident. And I mean, you could even hear it loud and clear on the telly.
1: Yeah, it was quite you know, a know scary injury to end, like you said, there' you know, OP hope um has a speedy recovery and you know, you would think well, even is out of the game. We think okay, Arsenal kind of you know don't have that main target man, even though he hasn't been firing on full cylinders, but you know, they don't have that guy of Raul Ibanez to take care of since he was always a big part of um the attack.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think another point, also, I uh, want to add on with, with regards to that incident. Uh, you know, for me, like, uh, of course, as I say now, it's my personal opinion, but I think it's a real big mistake by Arsenal allowing David Luiz to stay on. after yes. That, that thing, because look, how many times I haven't, and I'm not just talking about Arsenal perspective, I'm talking of if you watch any football, if you see a heavy clash of heads, there's always that thing where they, where they say, uh, 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 might not, uh, you might not uh, say pass the, uh, that staff when they give you that that, all that concussion testing but uh, normally at, at something like that also progresses because I mean I've, I've even heard of cases I'm not sure if anybody of you guys have heard but there's even been cases where, where people have had a clash of heads and then the next day at training or a, a day or two later at training they start feeling ill and then they find out when they go for a scan they've had a concussion so yeah. I just think it was a big mistake by Arsenal and I mean you could see there were certain moments of his decision making it did look
1: groggy and not like say the David Louise We know. Yeah, you, you can't even imagine you know, the pain he must have been feeling as well. I mean, you know, the head is not something you shake off. You know, those are one of those injuries that you know, your head, you know, you're turning side to side, you have to jump up to the head of the ball. And I think that kind of you know, I'm i I'm him a bit yeah. in terms of going in for challenges, taking the risks. And you 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 could see a player that wasn't, you know, willing to put his body on the line. I'm Not not in a way that he does put his point in the line, but, you know, playing with a bit of caution.
0: Because I think for me, actually, I don't know if it was midway, like with a, you know, between the, say, fifteen minute when the game commenced again and, and, and uh, say, 25th minute, where you could actually see there was this sort of, uh, you know, almost like cautiousness by him. Like, you know, where he would, like, as you mentioned, where he would normally go in for a, talent, a challenge. He, he was almost like kind of backing away or, or allowing somebody else rather to go in because... Yeah, I'm sure. As I said, he was probably feeling groggy all along, and and must have been helpful for him to to also experience that now. You know, still play in a high octane game, and and I mean, look at that time also. Wolves were really starting to up the ante; they were starting to push forward. Arsenal was like were caught on the heels really, and I mean, Wolves not at at, at, at all, I think was what, the 25th minute mark. They really started taking control of the game.
1: No, you could see the bossing at Adama Tre'ore was really giving us all as well. Iman Neto, respectively. And, you know, you and I spoke about dealing with Adama Tre'ore. And, and it seemed, I don't know why we kind of did it. Uh, with the, when we beat Wolves at the Molyneux, Adama Tre'ore was a, at a very, very quiet game. Yeah. But it seemed just like, you know, almost that Nuno, almost... um. I thought, no, thought Otete, but I just thought, okay, I'll come with a different plan to you. And did. went to this back four, and you know, at Diametre Ore, he almost had there's so much space and freedom.
0: And I think for me, also, uh, you know, a big error, I mean, it's going to also now lead to the the key moment in the game. Kieran Tierney gave him, you know, throughout that first half, I mean, you can actually go through the whole first half, even. He gave Traoric so much space, and I mean, he he loves that because. Uh, yes. gives him time to think. where he's gonna like sprint past you, uh, gives him time to to almost, like judge your sort of footwork if you are like you know backing off him, whether he's gonna knock, you know cut inside, you know get that space to cut inside or just a raw pass. And I mean the words weren't even cold, and then they the seventh minute he skins Kieran Tierney because I mean you could see Kieran Tierney almost like yeah. his heels. Ball gets crossed into the box, then Donka then you know out jumps the whole Arsenal defence. I mean, at, at one point, I think my daughter's all mentioned to in me. She was first kind of flagging Gabriel for it, but then when I had another look at it, Gabriel was actually covering people around him, behind him. You know, that's in that area, and it's almost like the, the uh um, David Luiz, of course, leaves everything open. There. Uh, the uh Hector Bellerin is also kind of slow to react. You know, coming back. Of course, everybody else, you know, that's ahead of Bellerin. They are also slow. So, I mean. The wolves are so, you know, literally like, you know, pardon the pun, swarming in a pack, you know, around that whole Arsenal area, and I mean, by the time De, uh, Donker ends up clipping the crossbar with his powerful header, the ball comes out, nobody's really reacting to the, 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 the loose ball, and I mean, Neto swoops home and slots it in, one no Wolves.
1: You can see that, like, you know, Arsenal's most trick a few tricks with players, I mean, if you then could fit in Arsenal and even Party could have a lovely partnership because, I mean, you look at Xhaka, I think, I don't know if that, there was another corner or whether that where he out-jumped Xhaka, like, heavily to to header that ball against the crossbar, and you think to yourself, you know, you've this, there's a commanding presence right there, and... You will see all over the pitch. You know we always say, you know, you want someone with choke and take choke on his boots at Arsenal. Look at that, leading up to the goal. He guesses um, Kieran Tierney and puts the cross in. We don't have that. Why couldn't we have signed that in You know, you at the, at the moment you're looking at uh, on the wing, you have Nicolas Pepe, that oh, the player William or something like that. You 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 almost have a player that. With the Damato, where he causes havoc, regardless of who he plays. I mean, if, if you switched off or give him an ounce of space, he will punish you. And that's what they did to Arsenal now. One down, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, as an Arsenal fan, here we go again. It's almost like that negativity hits you the moment that goal, goal, ball goes in the back of the net.
0: And then, of course, you know, three minutes later, what are, like, you know, for us, schoolers, it was like it felt like against the runoff play. Arsenal go up with the one, like you know, re attack. William ends up getting for once a you know pinpoint cross. And I mean, Gabriel ends up doing one of those what you would normally call a a training looping header because I mean, he ends up hitting the ball goalwards. And I'm still thinking, okay, Patricio has this, but I mean, when I saw the sort of loop or arc on that ball when it just like dropped into the net, I thought, wow, that really stole that goal. One, I feel sorry, I feel sorry
1: for Gabriel. eh? I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, he's
0: never afraid that
1: you know if Arsenal don't sort out their problems in the next year, maybe or, you know you could be on the radar of Barcelona and or Real Madrid or you know even in Liverpool might want him to partner by attack. And I'm not even exaggerating; he's a top quality centre back. I mean, there's somebody we've been crying out for years, and if you can get the right partnership with him, before it's too late. Because like, there's something I'll probably touch on after the game. You know, but that that is a good goal from Arsenal. Why? Why are you thinking? Or I was thinking personally. Can we, flipping, at least salvage some points here because we need it, and a, the opportunity is there?
0: But I mean, you know, you know, <laughs> after the kickoff, back into our goal, and yeah, you know, Neto ends up forcing Leno into a save. You know, with Wolves really upping the tempo now, and I mean, they, you know, it looked like they knew, okay. We're not scored, so now they're gonna take our full advantage now, you know, pressing us. And it's almost like we were getting into that point where I was telling you where sometimes we end up sitting so deep or playing so deep, it's when, when teams get this sort of stranglehold over you, we can't really get ourselves out of it or out of this sort of rut. So, you know, we end up getting just caught on our heels. Everybody starts, you know, being almost like half compact on each other at the back, and it was like it just adds to the confusion. And I mean, also, there again the way it ends up playing out 42nd minute, Leno then ends up f- fumbling a, a netto shot. And I mean, Potence bundles the ball in, I mean, a little uh, like an ugly goal, but I mean, he ends up bundling the ball in, and it's 2-1 before half-time.
1: But he used some good, you know, presence of mind there to flick it over this oncoming slide, and Gabriel still volleying it past Leno. But if you look at that goal starts, you know, Xhaka gets almost turned out muscled by Treore. you know, sprints yeah. Gives the ball, gives the ball to Neto, you know, also has acres of space to do things that gets the shot away. And everybody's just switched off. Like you said, everybody's on the heels all the time, not looking like they want to be part of this team. And you you, you get so annoyed. I mean Arsenal signing players like William, you know, why not sign a guy like Neto? You know, how do you mess a guy like Neto? But instead you go and sign and no disrespect to him, but William who's gonna probably has about two seasons left in him, we could get Treore. Who imagine you have a Saka Treore and a Babia or you know what I mean? We we or Neto coming into the Arsenal side. It's just I know that it's just a wolves team that we played against, but you sign players who can make a difference in your team and, and add more value to it. But you know, as it goes, we keep on signing some of those players who who, who are liabilities at times to the club.
0: And I'd like for me also, what, what what this game also showed at that point was, you know, Granit Jack is just not good enough because, you know, people can or sometimes uh, you know if he plays a few good games, you, you know, you give him the credit in it. But I mean, you can see he, he's he really struggling because he's also even gotten to a point now where he's reverting back to his old self, where he's now playing almost like forty or fifty passes in his own half instead of driving the team forward, and I mean he's got no idea like. He tries, to end up with that, that expensive passes, but I mean, it only gets that far done. You know, the job done because most of the other balls that he ends up playing gets intercepted, and by the time it does get intercepted or he gets, you know, bundle of the ball, you don't have the legs to go back again, to 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 go into defensive mode. So it's all sorts of chaos now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if say party comes back from the injury, maybe you can see sort of. Uh, Xhaka form, you know, eating the form again. But I mean, for me right now, especially when you're looking at him now to kind of stabilise the midfield, it's a total wrong option.
1: No. I think with Xhaka, you know, if you can maybe tell him to kind of just sit in that quarterback role, play a party and someone else to kind of just run between, and all he needs to do is just pick up the ball and distribute, you'll play a better game. But the moment you tell him you need to, you know, run forward, run back, run here, and he struggles. He just needs to be told, sit in front of the back four, and maybe just pick up all the loose balls and distribute. But otherwise, you're going to keep on having the same problem. And
0: One guy also, mentioned, sorry to interrupt, but if you look at Fabinho, he do not look like somebody that got so yeah. speed on him. But, I mean, if he makes a mess up in the opposition off. He, I mean, it's guaranteed that he's going to track back, and I mean, he's breathing down your neck already, and he's going
1: to probably get in the tackle ahead of you. Yeah. He's tackled on second to none, eh? Like, have you seen his timing of his tackle? Yeah. You know, sometimes you see a guy getting away, and you just see him, takes the guy out, ball and ball, and we miss that in the team. guess you, you have a Thomas Party, right, he's a very good siding, but you need someone who's going to work alongside him, because you can't, you're not going to get the best out of if you're just going to expect he must do everything, so... Arsenal need another guy, either like Party or like, you know, Fabinho or Jaka can maybe start taking that kind of role and responsibility, where he just sits. Yeah. Because many you know, also does a good job working with the ball. But, uh, you know, we're struggling for that second guy. I don't know if Lucas Torello would have added the difference in that position with Party. I don't know. Um,
0: they're back to the game. Davalou uh, is opening up again in the 44th minute. Just as we entered now um, half time, second half, uh, Louise was in by Rob Holding. Um, also, I mean, you could start to see see, uh, you know, as the game now started, you know, going into its form again. Wolves did try attacking for some part, you know, in the in the early parts of the second half. But also, they were getting to us. Also, so, so, sort of what we have, we are also like, if you're going to come at us, then we will probably counter-attack you. But we're not going to go. You know, all-out attack like the you know the natural game. Um, I think it, I think um, Traore then ends up getting booked for diving. I mean, it was a a good challenge by Gabriel. I mean, I think he just pulls his foot away in time when Traore is about to start throwing himself to the deck. Uh, Arsenal, of course, then you know have this typical brain fart moment where and again ends up giving a needless back pass. I think that that Podence ends up. Uh, nicking in to steal, but I mean,
1: Rob Alley then comes to clean up the the mess a and left. Oh, it's, uh, we we just seem so
0: nervous and,
1: you know, it's like, the, 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 these players lack self-belief. You never say, these are the guys that, you know, beat Wolves at the end of last season, beat Liverpool, beat Man City and beat Chelsea. You mm. know, well, what has happened in that time to now and they just struggle, you know, they, yes, they made opportunities in the second half, but you have to look back and ask yourself, you know, were the wolves really quaking in their boots.
0: I mean sixty-five minute, William then comes off. I mean <laughs> but I mean but for the cross there was nothing, you know, that led to the Gabriel goal, there was nothing really contributed to the side. So he comes off, uh, Reece Nelson comes on. And for me, that was almost like the moment we could actually see Arsenal looked fresher, looked yes. like a more attacking threat because you could see wolves at one point. You could see also the way uh, Nuno Santo was also making his his changes, where he was trying to say, okay, we have to be a bit more cautious. Here. We can't just now, you know, go toe to toe with him now because they now got the upper end. And I really thought the sort of momentum we were building up, we were gonna sort of, you know, get the edge over them. But this is now gonna lead me to a problem that can even be a talking point within the the podcast now. The sort of attitude that Aubameyang has because yes. You know, he ends up charging down a loop, potential goal kick. And I mean, I, you know for a fact how many times we saw last season also when he charges down people's, uh, the goalkeeper's goal kicks or, or, you know, kicking out of the area. He, he's so quick to react. I mean, he's either going to score from it or set somebody up for a goal. But I mean, for me, it's like he did not even know what he must do because I just thought, you know, with, with a bit of quicker reaction and, you know, mental nows. He's going to, to somehow conjure up something to, to bag a goal. But, I mean, he ends up dallying on the ball. Like, his touch is also so loose. And, I mean, I honestly don't know what is going on in that Aubameyang's head at the Because, yes, I could understand if there is, like, totally nothing coming our way. But, you know, the team is at times trying to carve out chances for him. Or at times even lucker. But it's like you just don't have that sort of cutting edge that we need. And especially when your form is low, you need to, you know, pick up any sort of scrap like this and, and score.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a few things I want to touch on. You know, after we, we finish with the game, or after we finish with you know all the games about okay. about uh, a in general and the team, but you mm-hmm. know, you 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 just couldn't see anymore. You know, Arsenal, that like, you, you know, the, at the game ended off, you know, into late seventies, eightieth minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've mentioned this like many times, and it probably sounds like a broken record, but you remember Arsenal, even like. You know, even when we weren't successful in terms of, it's all the way stuff like that. But come, 70, 80, 90 minutes, you know, Arsenal would have at you until, you know, they maybe sneak in an equaliser or something. But it's just flat. The team doesn't even, the team doesn't even seem to worry anymore. At at, the, at when it becomes like, you know, 75th minute, 80th minute, the team just set up their store and the game just, you know, peters out
0: said, then comes on in the 81st minute for Karanda Chaka. And I think then, I think a minute later, fantastic ball by Balleran. And, you know, I was really thinking to myself, you know, this is now a, a, on the money cross. You know, let our main man, yeah. you know, take this ball. And what does he do? He just, like, barely glances the ball sideways. And I mean, he's not even working the keeper. He's not even coming with intent. And even just listening this morning and last night also to that a couple of Premier League football shows with Ian Wright and Glenn Hoddle, and, and uh, even Ian Wright, and I mean, look, Ian Wright loves Aubameyang. Yeah. And he even said, you know, if he showed a bit, like the sort of intent that Cavani went for for mm. his goal um, against Southampton the other day, or something that Jamie, Jamie Vardy would do, even if he's going to get yeah. in the face or whatever, he's going to throw himself with intent at the ball. But it's like, Aubameyang is like, you know, I couldn't be there. Like, and then, uh, you know, to see that sort of attitude in, in almost like a key player, and uh, the same way Arsenal fans felt, you know, at times when you want to say the best of obviously of, of Mesut Ozil. and you just don't see that sort of you know him pushing himself to that sort of level where he helps push the team just over the line. And I think this is where we all look at Obama and you know, thinking almost like that moment is the, the moment that you know just gets us over the line. Or, I mean, you can go even back a few weeks back, uh, uh, further where <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the sort of header that or half-hearted header, that luck is said, they had against Leicester City, when we could have almost, I, I know uh, one was disallowed, but there was a point where we could even take the game again away from Leicester, and we still failed to do it.
1: Yeah, I know, you're 100% right, and the thing is, I don't always think about Giroud, but you you know, we ah, in, when we had Jeru, you know, we, we needed a top-class strike we could finish, and you know, by means, goals have been key, no doubt, but you must have to rude that, that 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 attitude and, and anger he do you know to that give it all the option, for the team.
0: That option we missed that you know having a lanky forward that can really attack aerial balls and we just don't have that. Or somebody that even can hold the hold the ball up and not just hold the ball up for the partner, the strike partner, but hold the ball up so that the wingers can come in the attack midfielders can come into play. So you almost like you're literally swarming them and this is exactly what he's doing. I mean, he's he's like, at, at one point, was almost like, you know, one foot in, one foot out at Chelsea, but, I mean, he's still loved by the old squad, and you can also see, he still adds a hell of a lot to that team, and that is what, as you know, bringing up now, that is what you can see we are solely, sorely missing at the club.
1: I mean, you could even play a on the left if you truly want to, and you have him, you know, sometimes spearhead your attack, because... He will bring a Bamyang into the game, you know. He will head into a Bamyang spot. He will haggle and hassle the defenders so that, I mean, he, he tires you out. I mean, a, a guy like Cheru all the time. You know, he's, he's he's challenging everything with you. He's chasing you down. He's he's putting his body on the line. And that is something, you know, it, it could be a, a short-term option just to kind of bring something with a different dimension. But then you ask yourself, you know, where do you play? Like is the team again, who, who still has age on his side, who we supposed to be the guy that's priming to kind of take over the mantle from Yang in the years to come.
0: I mean, like, uh, you know, like the few games that my daughter's been watching now with me, uh, like, look, we watch, like, all football in it, and I mean, we watch Chelsea matches, and she normally would tell me, you know, I can't believe the way he gets his little angles in and he plays yeah. uh, You know, like, I'm like, a little glancing at uh, goal words, and you'll see somebody at the end of it, or from a corner, he's the one darting to the near post to flick the ball on, and to cause total chaos in the opposing in, in the box.
1: And mind you, he he's, he's, he's contributed to a lot of assists, a uh, like key assists. you know, you talk about both yeah. FA Cup finals, we won Al City and um, Chelsea, and you yeah. also just look at those goals he gets, you know, when he sticks his head in, or he, he does something... He always does something, and I guess as an Arsenal fan, you know, me personally, took it for granted until he left, and he started realising the oh, he left in the side.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you know, I think Arsenal were too easily in, in, in getting rid of him, because I still think, yeah, he had a lot to offer, and I mean, I think even he knew he had a lot to offer, and I mean, so he's, he's kind of, at times it looks like he's, also get, he's, he's getting taken for granted also at Chelsea right now. So, I mean, you can see... He's somebody that like wants to be loved, but you can see Lampard is not really. He's gonna be yeah. squad player, but he's not really gonna, you know, be, you know, getting cemented in that that first team squad of Chelsea. Yeah, this is a
1: pity, and and I guess it's, it's starting to show. that like you said, we we missing it in the squad, and we just couldn't trouble Wolves, and and like you said, if Arsenal don't trouble you with their with a style of play. That they initially, you know, set up to play, yeah. then, then, and then there's no way getting around it. Like they're going to struggle, I and mean, then there's no plan B. So we need somebody in that mould at least, if not Juru, because I see he's 34. So you know, mm-hmm. you don't know how long, how much you can get out of him.
0: So yes, no, you don't know, no so cigar. Getting the equaliser, <laughs> Arsenal end up losing two-one full-time score, but then another I mean for me. Shocking reading at the end of the game. After 10 games, 5 losses and fourteenth in the league.
2: Yeah,
1: that's, I mean, even Roy Keane had a go at us saying that uh, uh, he thinks we won't get relegated. we could good enough to not get relegated. But, yeah, yeah so, I mean, you got to watch, the, you know, where to from here. Mm.
0: So, we switch our attention now to Arsenal versus Rapid Vienna. A nice distraction to too. <laughs> in the league. Um, the Austrians into hit, hit London, you know, chasing second spot in Group B. And, you know, I think Mulder slightly has you know, uh, edge over them at the moment. Um, 2,000 Gooners were already allowed into the stadium as UK clubs now, you know, allowing small amounts of fans back in. Which was, I mean, amazing. Not only sight, but also sound because you could actually hear you didn't need EA Sports supplementing. <laughs> The audio, but I mean, you yeah, had now, you know, real crowds singing, chanting. And I mean, for me, uh, there was a real buzz. And I mean, even b- before the game, people like Martin Keown and Peter Crouch, that were um, the pundits on the evening, even they also said they had like goosebumps just listening to them.
1: Yeah, I guess one takes for granted all these things that, that COVID took away. And it's good to see the fans are back in action again. I mean, they play a big part yeah. in willing the team on, especially, you know, in a game like. Wolves uh, previously. We had fans cheering you on, you know. Maybe a different result, but I think Arsenal made uh, a lot of changes from the, the, the league game, so we saw an entirely different squad coming up. And Good to see Pablo Murray back in the team again.
0: Yeah, it was a full 11 changes for, for Uh The starting 11 was Runason, uh, Cedric, Mustafi, Mari, Kolosinac, and then midfield was Nelson, Pepe neni Anthony uh, Maitland-Niles which was surprising and all but actually a ple- pleasant surprise because we all know Maitland-Niles wants to be in that slot. Um Up front we had uh, Lacazette and Keke and I think the formation even though they put out 4-2-3-1 the more I was watching the game it's like you know when the game started you could actually see the game taking shape and it was actually something like a 4-4-1-1 because Lacazette was playing more like a central attack midfielder or, or slash number 10 and Ketya was,
1: you know, leading the line. What was your thoughts, the, the sort of setup? No, I, I enjoyed it. And I think, um, like I said, you know, you, you, you see, you could possibly work around having, like I said, playing with a barbie. and if you do a similar sort of formation like that, where they play, um, like I said, as a cam like, or a second striker, I think it allows him to get into the pocket of space. Mm-hmm. It allows him to, you know, distract defenders put players out of position and it will allow Bobby freedom. So I think it allowed Nketiah more of a, I'm going to say, you know, when Nketiah when he plays up front, he struggles because there's yeah. no support. And I think it brought up more out of Nketiah and I think this role could be a bit more suited for, like I said, funny enough.
0: I mean, what I actually enjoyed, I mean, of course, look, we still go through, you know, slot by slot with, with how things go, uh, pilots and, and that in the game. But I think what I really enjoyed about watching was in Ketia's game and I mean, you know, I'm I'm normally one of his biggest critics but I yeah. love the way he was doing the sort of runs that Michael Owen used to do back in the day for Liverpool where he yes. would like, run, like do a diagonal run and he's like taking two to three players with him and I mean, it almost like just opens up everything and I think that leads, uh, you know, that one point where, where uh, Maitland-Niles ends up, I mean, oh, we're still going to get to it, but the Maitland-Niles chance, that was something that in Kettier of all people created.
1: Yeah no, I I, again, I think if you get the right personnel playing in the positions, I mean, you you, you can make it work.
0: Yeah. So, the deadlock gets broken in 10th minute. Uh, our new number 10, <laughs> like I said, picks up the wall, the loose ball in the middle of the uh, rapid Vienna midfield. Uh, you know, he ends up just, you know, kind of lining himself, getting, uh, edging himself forward and Almost like out of the blue, he just lets her rip
1: with his rocket. And <laughs> I mean, zip past the keeper, one loss or what a shot. Yeah, you know, I only mean, we could put that in the Premier League. But yeah, the keeper didn't know what to do. It reminded me of Alexis Sanchez versus uh, Mason Villa. And we even just smiled afterwards because he knew. But yeah, what a shot and what a way to start the game. And I think he needed that. It kind of gave him that boost of, of like, you know, when he, you could see that the way he celebrated, how much this goal meant to him.
0: I don't mean, know what I love the radio of the game and I mean of course yes, I know it's just say people will say yes, it's just happened in Vietnam, but for me it's it's just you know, to have a start like that again was almost like, you know, giving you that that sort of throwback to, you know, when we were like, you know, wiping teams off the you know the, the park because just the way the start is so, you know, intense and aggressive because look, the tackling was going in hard, the pressure was almost like half smothering in them at times and the constant, you know, interchanging of players and the running of the ball. I mean, I loved it.
1: Yeah, Reese Nelson made a massive difference starting. And I actually hope he starts on the weekend because he's, he, he adds a lot to the space. He's a very quick thinker on the ball. He doesn't hold it too long. And he always looks to play someone in space.
0: Yeah. Eighteenth uh, minute in, Rhys Nelson take, ends up taking a corner. It beats the old Rapid Vienna squad. And uh, Pablo Maria, of all people, nips in and scores 2 No Arsenal
1: good way to get his return. And you know, there's one thing that always stuck to me um, that you mentioned and you mentioned it way back in one of the podcasts that the Arsenal defence always seemed a bit calmer when you have Marie, Marie in the middle at the back. I mean, you could put Mustafi next to him and there was a time Mustafi was playing well next to him as well. But it's just, I, I think Marie, maybe even Gabriel could forge a partnership, you know, with Louise deputising when he needs to. It, it could maybe be something that could work
0: I, look, at, I know, of course, early days we've seen him only like you know, say in a handful of, of matches, but it's like he doesn't get flustered even when you know the heat is on him. And I mean, if you take as you now mentioned, if you take that sort of attitude and you put him alongside somebody that that has the sort of desire that that uh, Gabriel has, I mean, it, it could be a yeah, love a, a combo in, in central defense,
1: yeah. It, it it seems like it could work if you put a decent thinker in front of him, like, yeah. um. I I know I know we'll probably get there, but that the of um, Tottenham, you can see when their wing backs push forward, he almost slots in as that, that third center back and splits the two center backs so they can cover left and right. We need to start doing that as well. With like I you know you mentioned Fernandinho does it, Fabinho does it. We need that one player, and it can't be party because party, you know, is all over the field. That that just drops in and adds that extra body. but you know. Good goal for Pablo Marie at 2-0 to Arsenal.
0: And then 20th minute, that's the moment I was now talking about where Adrian Michael Niles gets the ball, just I think inside the, the rapid Vienna off, you know, ends up not getting tackled, goes on a sort of loping run. Uh, you know, you, you can see everybody's like, you know, kinda cautious to what is gonna happen like as he's approaching the goal. And you know, as I said now, Nkete does this cross, I think about two guys with him. And you can actually see almost like, you know, the the, the the tide opening up, the Red Sea, I should say. <laughs> opening up. They open up. And I mean, I'd at, at use Maitland was a perfect opportunity or perfect channel to run through. But I mean, he ends up, I think he got them like too excited. And then he ended up just uh, banging the left foot like wide of goal.
1: Yeah. It's, we, we start to bring more attacking brand of football. I didn't know even had to do with the formation change or the personnel in the various positions that were, how can I say, more. Players playing with less free with less pressure, you know, not thinking to myself, okay, we have to get the result. We have to
0: get the result. Then like I said, ends up hitting the post in the seventh minute with the keeper, you know, beaten. I mean, it was fantastic stuff yeah. also because you can see the shot itself was already bending around the keeper's hand, and I mean it just he ends up eating the base of the post. Uh the forty-fourth minute and Ketia then finally bags his goal. Fantastic work by Pepe on the left flank. He ends up playing the ball against the run of the Rapid the, <laughs> the defender, which, uh, you know, by the time he, he can try to adjust himself to get to the ball, Nelson was already there and teeing up and who first finds a shot at the keeper, but the ball ricochets and he ends up just uh, glancing ahead of past the keeper. 3-0 Arsenal.
2: I
1: was really impressed with uh, Maurice Nelson, that quick-thinking ball he played into the path of Nketiah. It's, it's something we, we haven't been doing much of that recently.
0: Yeah, because I actually thought he was going to have a proper goal. Because, I mean, just the way Pepe's pass already put that defender, you know, on the back foot. I thought, OK, here's your opportunity to get control of the ball and, you know, shoot. But, I mean, per, I mean the way he teased it up for, for, for Nketiah was almost like what you see in, in a training ground video.
1: No, 100%. But 3-0 Arsenal at the half. And, you, you know, basically qualifications sorted. And you just wanted that type of attitude Arsenal would come out in the second half.
0: Arsenal, of course, you know, come again out firing second half. Uh, they have a penalty denied. I mean, it, it was a close, or sort of a very tight call with, with the decision. But I mean, it's just very hours and i not in that. So, you know, the ref played on. And immediately with that counter-attack from uh, Rapid Vienna, uh, Koya Kitagawa, he ends up banging a goal totally against the runoff play. 3-1 Arsenal.
1: Colossini has his best I know he always slating for his defence awareness, but he, he did back very back well back. there, until shame, and eventually it will end up in the net. What was it? So
0: there's a block with the backside, and yes. the chest, yes. and after the, the third
1: opportunity goes in. But it just shows how, you know, it's 3-1 at the time, but it just shows you, you know, you mentioned it with a um, shot of Leno, where Bowden capitalises because everybody switched off, and both goals of wolves actually, but you see it here as well. You know, that he's trying his best there, put his body in the line. The ball loops up, and like the players are just like watching the ball instead of like you know trying to be aware to to make close down.
0: Yeah, everybody was just ball watching, but Kolasinac and and, and uh, Roonasen. So, yeah,
1: typical Arsenal.
0: So, 57 minute, Pepe then ends up forcing a good save out of Richard uh, Strebe uh, Binger. I mean, it was... I think that goalie also of, of Vienna also stopped him from, you know, the scoreline getting to the point of embarrassment because, I mean, the sort of stuff that he was pulling off, especially second half, I mean, it, it kept the scoreline still very respectable.
1: Yeah, I know. I think Arsenal... This was Arsenal's awesome opportunity to kind of, you know, put goals on the board and, and just boost your confidence um, for, for the remaining games coming up.
0: Yeah, Arsenal made... In the 63rd minute, the triple substitution off came Lukasz Nelson and Eldini, and on came William Smithrow and Sebayos.
1: Good uh, changes in getting some fresh legs. I'd, I, wonder if it gave us an idea of who maybe he wants to, to 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 start on the weekend.
0: Yeah, 66th uh, minute, fantastic work by maitland Niles. I forgot who was the one leading after the whole move, but great work to get in the box. Was it was Sebayos that played him in?
1: Yeah, I think it was Sebayos.
0: Because, I mean, it was an like inch-perfect pass, and then, I mean, Maitland-Niles gets the ball, tees up Emil smith and the youngster bags his goal, 4-1 Arsenal.
1: Good to see him back on the pitch again in Arsenal colours.
0: Yeah, I love the, you know, we could actually hear the microphone chatter as they were celebrating the goal, where they were giving away, I think Maitland-Niles, you know, I forgot the line that he actually told Maitland-Niles. So it was like, you know, you got your goal in the game.
1: No, oh, that's good. It's good as he had camaraderie still there, at the headset and players.
0: Yeah, seventieth uh, minute, Mustafa then came off. Uh, and then you know, the long forgotten Callum Chambers he made <laughs> the squad. I mean, I was so happy for him because look, his injury came off at the worst time because he was just hitting the sort of yeah patch for Arsenal. And I mean I think it was still the Chelsea game where as up to the point we got injured, we was like, you know, dominating the game at the Emirates and then he came off and it's not like every the whole Game plan actually went out of the window that day.
1: Yeah, it's good to I hope he can get back to his old form because, I mean, you know, there is still potential there for him. I mean, it's just unfortunate every time he's been plagued by injuries.
0: Then, 80th minute, as a you know, fires a shot that a freaky gets old, which then I mean, the keeper just saved. I mean, I first thought it was like a you know, real fantastic freaky moment. That's so all from behind, yeah. it was not like it just bent around the wall, but it did it. was sound like straightening out and it was like a straightforward save for the keeper because. I was actually thinking he was going to try to gun it for, you know, the left or top, right corner, just one way to get the keeper really working.
1: Yeah, it seemed like he just needed to eat it a bit wide. It started to get, wide. It to get that bend to come in like he did. That's why it probably ended up so close to the keeper.
0: Yeah, then 81st minute, Callum Chambers in as a, a corner, headed, uh, like one of the corners headed off the line by Erkan Kara. I mean, it was a good looping, and I mean, it was, you know, on the money for to be a, a fifth goal.
1: Yeah, it would have been nice to have a nice high five uh, and scoring five at the Emirates. It would have been a good uh, confidence boost, since we know been always running a drought very decently.
0: Yeah, I think we also need a good flood of goals. I mean, I just hope we can get to the sort of flood of goals or so in the league eventually because it's not like the goals have dried up there and we're kind of free scoring in the Europa League.
1: Like I guess I guess it's the personnel playing with less pressure on their shoulders, I think. I think Arteta was maybe maybe too rigid in the Premier League, where he plays with a bit more expression and freedom in the Europa League.
0: Yeah, Arsenal then in the group uh, as winners, was one game to spare. And so I think, you know, with the last game against Dundalk in Ireland, it's probably going to be a, you know, probably everybody that has not gotten a game, so probably a very inexperienced side. I mean, unless he still wants to go further, but like, you know, Really force on the advantage, but I mean, I, I think you would probably want to, you know, save as many as you can and just let say the youngs play because look, Dundalk have, I think, lost just about every game. I think they probably drew one game, maybe, but I mean, everything else they've lost.
1: And, and, and I do think also that, you know, I th- and I'm not sure the date, but the, the, the Carabao Cup quarterfinals is coming up very soon.
0: Yeah, that is a game, I think, coming up, I believe. Uh, what's it? Something like two weeks' time because I think next week is still the last round of yeah. Champions League, Europa League ties. And then I think the draw could be already there for the knockout phase, you know, before there's like a big pause in the tournament. Um, we just spread our attention out to the North London derby. Big, ba- oh. big, big, Spurs versus Arsenal. Um, this is now, you know, a North London derby where Spurs haven't lost now to Arsenal in the last four matches. Well, they've won two, they've drawn two. And I think party is also, Thomas Party is also racing now to be fit for the derby. I mean, I, you know, fingers crossed that he gets the nod to play the game because I, I really think he sort of heart and stamina you're going to need in this sort of game. You know, to really sort of boss, you know, people like you that you mentioned, like Heuberg and, and them to, you know, really get the foot stuck in on them.
1: I mean, Spurs are flying high at the moment, to be honest. Like, I don't think, I mean, we we've, we've, we've probably have, yeah, but I don't think we've, we've as far as I can remember, come across a Spurs team that's top of the log like they are now, that is booming with confidence. Right now, I think you know even I feel a bit nervous for this North London derby because Mourinho seems to be getting the best of his players. They, they, they put Man City to the sword, and I do feel that if Arsenal, you know, aren't aren't clever how they play this game, they could be in trouble. Players need to, you know. I think if, if, if players don't come up, you know, dirt and their bloods, with tears on their shirts, we're going to be angry because, I mean, this is a game that we can't afford to lose, you know, in not just North London, like Pride, but, you know, we're we going to be in the log if we end up throwing points away in this game.
0: Yeah, because look, Spurs are already fully scoring at the moment, 21 goals for, nine against. And, I mean, if you take ours, we something mm-hmm. like, what, nine goals and I think what was it 10 or 11 against? So, I mean, uh, there is already you know, kind of first problem arising. And, and I mean, we look at also at the, the, the stats um, Eric Kane average eight out of ten per game, uh, son 7.6 per game, and Dahati 7.3 per game. Uh, goals for them son nine, uh, Kane seven. So, it's like they they also I think if you even go into the assist category. You've got Son with nine goals and you've got Kane with nine assists.
1: <laughs> it's it, it's unbelievable. And, and like you know, you, you need those two people that are talking around the show, but you also need those guys that's gonna chip in. We have no one at the moment and that's the scary thing. And yeah, I think
0: just a back,
1: it, yeah.
0: sorry, just a throwback now to what we have, it's like Arsenal goals, Lacazette like three, Gabriel and Aubameyang, two each. And then for assists, we've got William with three and Bellerin with two and Seba, the one. Oh.
1: I know uh, we said we wanted to spread across players, but we wanted higher figures instead of such low figures. And-
0: numbers are really shocking. I mean, I, as I said, I expect more. But I just think, you know, if you if compare look like, like with Man City, I didn't watch most of the game. I did just watched parts of it. But it's like Man City were trying to go, say, toe-to-toe with... with um, with Spurs, and kind of, you know, saw, saw their backside at the end of it. Whereas, Arsenal, I think, is going to go probably that same route that they did against uh, United, <coughs> excuse me, where they, they know they're good for a goal somewhere down the line. You know, almost like they will somehow kind of conjure up something for Aubameyang or Lacazette or somebody up front to, to sneak one in, because I just think, uh, if you think how we lost, starting up close to the end of last season, where Know we're playing this with the football that <clears throat> on the other day, you know, a team will beat him on political post. But I mean, they knew exactly. I mean, look, Marino is a master master tactician, and he knew exactly if they just sit and it was like frustrate us, close all the avenues up, we're going to get frustrated, end up, you know, knocking the ball around in our box. And I mean, by the time they sneak the ball off us, they will uh, steal a goalie.
1: Yeah, this just hope that, you know, we can get. Some sort of result, and I wonder how we're going to set up because you know Spurs with the has been immense to to um, to Tottenham side, and and you just have you just you see the difference of signing Premier League ready players at times, what the difference they can make for you instead of you know trying to go abroad and paying even over the odds for a player abroad, and then you know they 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 can't fit into your side, so. I'm just a bit skeptical at Arsenal. I hope they just come up, start hard, and, and don't allow um, Tottenham to pass the game.
0: Yeah, so we have now that, and as we're not close to wrapping up, you know, I'm not going to go too much into detail, but we'll also now have the, the last group game then coming up next week Thursday, which also should be also a nice round up or round off to this group phase because I think we also miss you know having matches again on Saturdays again once oh, yes. the Europa League break come, comes into play again. So, I'll end of the podcast now. I don't know if you have anything else to talk about.
1: No, Listen. I have just one kind of point, you know, like as with the bombing and the whole Arsenal squad and the whole Uzel thing. Like, do you think the players are kind of trying to, I'm not saying they're trying to throw the game, but trying to make a statement that they want Ozil back in the team? Because I read a lot of things where they said it's not even Ateta's choice. To leave Özil out and it's coming from up above, and there's just so many things going around. But I mean, how does Arsenal go from you know dominating Man United to just at uh, um poor performances, you know, off the bat, straight after those games? I mean, no, I mean
0: like yeah. that Villa one was almost like a real slap in the face of how bad we can be on the day if we've. You know, if nothing is going to get changed creativity-wise in the squad, because it also came down to that. There was also nothing being carved out in the middle of the park. So uh, people like Grealish and Parkley, and, and, um, they want to just allow the, the, like the freedom of the Emirates to dictate whatever. But I just think, uh, you know, stuff isn't easy enough to say, but if we are not going to invest by January, then, I mean, Arsenal or Teta will have to look at Kind of persuading him to somehow bring him, like, uh, in in some sort of form into the squad again. Because you, I mean, you can't go in like this way. Nothing is happening, and then maybe I, I know we always, uh, or I, uh, I normally ever kind of gripe about when people talk about that thing that they call the second assistant. But maybe you need somebody like that to lead us to something further. Then because if we are not gonna, you know, dip in our pockets to get some sort of creative player like that, uh, that, that Salazai of, of um, Salzburg uh, or, you know, our of, of Lyon. But I mean, I don't think he wants to actually leave, you know, in, in such a key point of the season for them. But I mean, like with, with Salzburg on the verge of almost like elimination from the Champions League, maybe that's also an option for us where we can use somebody like that in the league again.
1: And Jack Walsh on the page as you play, I know that's been thrown around a lot. Do you think that's worth a, a punt, or do you think we we have too many promising youngsters that we don't need that in the team? I
0: don't know. I mean, at, at times, uh, Wallach flatters to receive. I mean, yeah, there's some moments when you see him say in the Europa League, then he can kind of boss a team. But when you watch him in, let's say, a league match, then you can see he does struggle or, or goes missing. So, I mean, I'm not. Like, you know, I would go about that, that sense. But, I mean, as I said, come uh, January, if we cannot get rid of people like, say, uh, Socrates and even Ozil, then, I mean, maybe Arteta will have to look at somehow integrating them in, in the squad in some form.
1: No, definitely, especially with Özil. You know, he, he, if, if you watch his his highlights for the team, you see the, he has the potential. And I think if you can get, like you always mentioned, two bodyguards in the same image of the park, I mean, you can allow him to to play his game, which we kind of need that guy to open, unlock teams, even if he's a flat track bully. Like, you know, he can only perform against the weaker teams, you know. It, 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 it all adds up because it's a season, you know. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You
0: well, just use him in certain games, you know. When you yeah. you play a certain type of team, mm-hmm. then you play But if you're going to play, like, say, top six team or whatever, then, you know, you, you go to back to your, your solid guns again.
1: Yeah, and, and, and if you, if you think about it at the end of the day, you know, yeah. Arsenal seem to be... I'm not saying all the time, we've been coping fairly well against the big six teams. So you leave Urzel out and go with that more rigid formation. When you come against the smaller teams, no disrespect, because at the moment it doesn't seem to be smaller teams in the Premier League, but you play a more free-flowing game. It's almost like you, know, you need to kind of play the Wenger way against the lower teams and the Arteta way against your big six teams. That kind of combination could help you win a or end you in the top four or at this point now at least get us in the top half of the league but yeah that's all I have on talking points
0: yeah that's a good point to wrap up the podcast with I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend let's hope the North London derby you know we can get something out of the game because I mean it's going to be one hell of a game so take care guys stay safe bye
1: stay safe guys let's hope we can win at White Hart Lane